morning, Erie First, and good morning to you, Abundant Life. It is so good to be here with you. Uh, those of you who may not know me, my name is Kevin Nelson. I'm a senior pastor of Abundant Life Church of Erie and the associate pastor of Erie First. Yes. Amen. So you don't have to actually be somewhere to know who you are. I have property, and the Lord said, you know, it's uh, just because I don't own it don't mean I don't have not occupied it already. Are y'all with me today? Okay, I want y'all to stay with me because I might talk things, and you may say, what is he talking about? But I'm going to try and stay on the same level. You've been talking about the treasure and where your treasure is, where your heart is, and uh, Pastor has asked me to come this morning to talk about some principles, and I want to share those with you because these are the principles that the Lord has laid down. But uh, more importantly, uh, we want the church to begin to attach itself to what God is doing. Uh, that's what's important, not what we are doing, but what God is doing. And when we begin to do that, we're going to see a magnificent change that's going to come over our life. Before I get started, I would like one of our psalmists in our house. Um, I believe in her only because I've, I know of her. I raised her. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> I am ready to marry her off and hopefully get some grandkids one day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to ask her to come and uh, just to minister to you in song, if that is okay, as we get before we get started. Uh, please receive Daynette Nelson. This is my firstborn. Ah. We'll talk about that this morning. <laughs> Hello, church. There's such a great spirit of worship in here, and I just want to thank you all for worshiping together as one. We just want to glorify God just one more time before the sermon starts. You are worthy, God. Presence, I live. 
Uh, I want to also thank Andrew Rupp uh, for accompanying her this morning. Uh, blessings. Amen. Andy's just such a cool dude. Now, you don't see any hair on him now, but uh, there was a time it was all down his back and everything. And, yeah, he, he could go back to he all right with me. How many know the hair doesn't make a difference? If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to open with me to Acts chapter 2. We did have some handouts. If you did not get one this morning, uh, you can just follow along with me. Uh, We're going to talk about your giving this morning, but it's going to be in a little bit different sense. Uh, A lot of times... uh, Many uh, don't like for us to talk about giving because we, they say, well, you know what? You know, the church always asking for money. Church always asks. Church doesn't need to ask for your money. Not at all. This belongs to God. When it belongs to God, he has everything. 
I read somewhere in the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So people think that they have to give to the church. They have a wrong concept. And God has to begin to change what's in their head by changing what's in their heart to understand what God has done for us. We've heard all this morning about the grace that God has laid on us. We did a great exchange for Jesus' life. We got his life. He got ours, we got his. Now, I don't see him with sickness, I don't see him with disease. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get sickness and disease. But what it does mean is when sickness and disease come, it doesn't have to stay here. We got something bigger and something better. It doesn't mean we have to move in lack. Amen. I'm one to, uh, I grew up in the ghettos of Philadelphia, yes. Um, my neighbor was the roach, yes. And on the other side was the rat. I'm telling you the truth. We used, we used to go on hunts just to kill those things. And um, I'm telling you, God brought us all out of that. But he, he brought us out by a mighty hand. It had nothing to do with us. It had all to do with him. And when we talk about first fruits today, it's a concept that has been lost in the body of Christ. And it has been around since the book of Genesis chapter 4. And we've missed that, and we've, we've, we've said, okay, this is what we want to do, and this is what, do we give our tithes? And today's message is not for anyone who is struggling with tithing. You okay? Anybody got a pen? I can drop it. Uh, let's get a little quiet up here. Um, but, but if you're struggling with tithing, I, I just need you to know, and I know Pastor Jack has already talked about that, tithing is God's. When you give your tithes, you ain't even started. It, that's God's. You know, you can't, you can't take from him. Okay, so a tenth, oh, oh by the way, um, it's a tenth of the gross. Hey, hey, come on, give him praise. It's a tenth of the gross. And you're probably saying, okay, well, if, you know, why should I pay the gross? The government's taking that money. The government don't trust you. They don't trust you. But God trusts you. Give a tenth of the growth. And go gross. And if you're wondering whether or not you're going to survive, whoa, my God, shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You never worry about those things. Never worry. And you can give, and as soon as you dump the well, it'll fill back up. I'm talking about giving today. You guys are going to have to work with me on this one. I, I know it's a hard topic for so many of us because we try to hold on to so much and say, well, how do we work this? And what I'm going to speak to you today, I'm already applying as a principle. My, my, not only do I apply, but my children have to apply it. And my grandchildren will apply it. You say, well, you can't force them to do anything of that. Listen, they're bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We have an inheritance in the land. And they are going to gain that inheritance by walking under what God has called us to do. Amen. Or otherwise, God will come visit them. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, Acts chapter 2, I'm going to share some scriptures with you this morning. I may be going through some things. So as I go through some things, I want you just to begin to uh, just follow through with me as I do that. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. I'm going to read it to you um, out of the King James Version. So, so please don't um, 
be upset about that and you say, well, I don't understand the King James. I do. We'll work it. Amen. I'll get it to you. Amen. Uh, the word of the Lord says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Many wonders and signs. Wow, that's so beautiful. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing dealing with one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and favor, with simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord, come on, go, come on, what does that say? Help me. He added to the church daily those that needed to be saved. And not just the salvation of souls, but there's some other things going on here. If you need a sermon title today, it's First Fruits. Whatever is first establishes the rest. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the honor that you've given us. As we begin to apply your word, we ask that you open our hearts to hear that which you have spoken. We ask, Lord, that our hearts would receive that which is of your truth so that your work may be completed here in the earth. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise, honor, and glory. Amen. When Jesus came to the earth, the whole plan when he came to the earth was for him to find a bride. Well, <clears throat> most of us uh, who have brides, we've come to learn some things about ourselves that we're very silent on. We need somebody. We can be macho, but we know we need somebody. You say, oh, that's just my wife. You couldn't do it without her. I'm, you know I'm telling the truth, so give praise for the wives. Amen. Amen. Although some of us don't need any more wives because our bellies have gone way out here. I had one of those. I've just been losing it. Amen. <laughs> um, and, and, and ladies, we know that the Lord has blessed us with good husbands. But we know the power when two come together to work and to begin to move something into a place that you couldn't have ordinarily have done on your own. So God is putting us in a place where we understand truth and we understand that, hey, no matter what goes on, the Lord has yoked me together with this person that I may be able to walk with them. And that's a principle. All through the earth, in our companies, in our organizations, in our agencies, in our families, we look for proper principles that we can begin to set forth that will begin to, one, establish us, and two, build us to a place where we are prospering, not just to prosper, but to be able to change the lives of other people and change the lives so much so that they will come to know Jesus in a greater way. Are you there? Let me help you a little bit. Matthew chapter 28, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it to you. And it said something about Jesus came and he said unto them, he said, go ye into all the world and teach all nations. Now, that's what the original version says, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. 
Are y'all with me? He also talks about the power and authority. He said, all authority is in my hand. So here's what Jesus is saying through all of that. He says, I have power, I have presence, and I have a program for you. He said, listen, now this is how you capture the heart of people. He says, go ye therefore, you don't have to witness as much as you have to be a witness. So he said, go and teach all nations. You don't have to sit down and teach them things to do. Sometimes we do. But what he says is teach them. In other words, how you operate your life, people are going to wonder how you are doing what you are doing. And they're going to say, can I serve the same God that you serve? I mean, think about it. Paul, he's in prison in the dungeon, the Bible says. That's the dungeon. That's the jail of the jail. Here, the Holy Spirit comes, breaks everything open, and Paul's still sitting there, and the jailer knows he's about to die because he thought people on broke out. He's probably sleeping on the job. And when he woke up, he drew his sword, and, and Paul said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't do that. We're right here. We have not gone anywhere. And he stopped and he said, oh my, they could have broke out. They could have cut my head. Who are these people? Kingdom citizens. That's who you are. You have a silent way of moving into certain things and changing things. So what God wants to do with you is he wants you to understand the exchange that's already gone on with you and the covenant that he has established with you. There is a covenant that he has established with you. Recently, I I had the opportunity uh, to look into an old Bible from my great-grandma. And now she was a third-grade reader, but it was a King King James Version Schofield Study Bible. I didn't even know he had a study Bible back then. But she, I saw all her notes. I said, wow, I take no credit for where I am. Because God has been working something in my family like he's been working something in all of you. He has already said it. You are not here in the kingdom of God because it was your choice. You have been drawn by the spirit of the Lord because God is going to use you to change nations. So this subject of first fruits is a very difficult subject for many of us. uh, And most pastors will not preach first fruits. In fact, I've not preached it at my church. They're here today because they forced me to come. Uh, and I told them I was going. They said, oh, no, you're not going without us. And I said, well, you know, hey. Um, and they said, no, we, we, we're closing up shop. Uh, so I couldn't argue with them. Amen. I don't know about the Hawaii thing, but... <laughs> But here's some things that the Lord said to us in the scriptures. I want you to see Psalm 115, verse 14. It says, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Here God says, I'm setting a covenant with you. I'm establishing that covenant with you. I want to bring increase. Now, prosperity in the kingdom of God is not so that you can have. I want you to understand that's not just for you to have. But God needs to increase us so that we can be a blessing to others. Are you with me today? My prayer, my wife knows this, my prayer is that 50% of whatever comes into my hands goes to God. That's, That's the goal I'm pushing at. 
And saints of God, we have to get to that place where we understand that the Lord, that the Lord is in covenant with us so that he can begin to minister and do some things that we have never seen before. He said signs, wonders, and miracles out of the book of Acts. Signs, wonders, and miracles. I mean, you know, we could use a few more of those. Amen. One of the things that, and, and, and I have been laboring in prayer for 20 years over this community. And one of the things that I'm about to tell you, and I want you to take it and I want you to put it in like a gold piece in your pocket. This community is about to change. It's going to be set in a place. You're going to see the glory of the Lord come out of here. You're going to see jobs like you've never seen jobs before. You're going to see companies wanting to pull into this particular area. All because one, the fruit is ripe. And two, the prayers have been right. And three, the Lord has been wanting to move in a great revival in this particular area. Now, I, I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to think revival. Will, I don't want us to get religious. We're, we're not relig- religious. Religious is when you have all these rituals you got to do. No, we're in relationship. Relationship says I do things a little bit differently. I don't do them because you've told me to do them. I do them because I love to do it for you. That's relationship. So we want to be in relationship with God as we move on. Because he says, listen, I'm ready to prosper you. Psalm 5, verse 12. For the Lord will bless the righteous with favor. Will thou compass him as with a shield? It is almost impossible for you to fail. It is almost impossible for you to fail. The only reason that that's going to start happening is when you decide to be rebellious and begin to do things on your own. So God, when he started the earth, began to set some things in order. When God started the earth, he set scriptures. And a lot of times we don't understand and we're reading, well, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. All dark. And it says, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Wait wait a minute. See, the, the Holy Spirit was not to be in heaven. The Holy Spirit was to be in us, moving upon the earth, bringing light to wherever we go. Change. You're going through something. Exactly. You're going through. You're not staying in it. This too shall pass. Why? Because God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? So God set some principles up. And one of the principles he set up, and uh, it's not in your notes, in Genesis, and he said, let every seed bear fruit after its own kind. In other words, God says, when you begin to apply a principle, it's going to begin to bear fruit to do different things. All right? So, apples produce apples. Oranges produce oranges. Grapes produce peanuts. Don't work that way. You'll never see it work that way, even though we try to hybrid everything. Amen. But... God wants us to understand that when we begin to apply certain principles that he has given to us, you're going to get what God called for it to, for it to happen. And in the beginning, God had a thing about first fruits. How many know God loves first? Eerie first. That wasn't funny. 
actually hear this. Somewhere, y'all come up with eerie first. You say, well, that's from first assembly. No. No. No, that's the assemblies of God. You're eerie first. (laughs) There's a purpose and a destiny on you, which means there's an assignment that has been given to you. And all God wants you to do is to walk in it. You don't have to do anything else. Just walk it and trust him. Lord, I trust you. Walk in the assignment that he has set for you. So God loves first things. And the law that he has set is that the first of everything belongs to him. Let me give you a couple minutes just to walk through those scriptures. Exodus. Chapter 13, verse 11. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, and as he swear unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, or the womb for some of you, and every firstling that cometh of the beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass that shall redeem, thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou will not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man amongst the children shalt thou redeem. I'm going to read verse 14. And it shall be when thy son askest thee in the time to come, saying, What is this? That thou shalt say unto him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. So God says, whenever anything that opens the matrix, even your sons, your firstborn, my firstborn daughter, amen. She doesn't have a choice. She keeps trying to run and do whatever she wants. But God keeps bringing her right where she needs to be. Hallelujah. I'm grateful to have her here this time. And one day uh, I sat down, it was a little commercial break. One day I sat down and I said, you know, Lord, um, I asked you for the nations. Uh, what, do you, what do you want in exchange? He said, your children. I said, that's an easy exchange. Amen. That's a real simple exchange. So I have to live with that because that's my assignment and that's what God has given to me. Your assignment, he says here, is whatever is first belongs to me. So that means uh, whatever God gives to you, you have to give back to him. Now, we're not agrarian today, so therefore you're not bringing, uh, at least I hope, you're not bringing your wheat and your barley and your tomatoes and everything else here in the house. Um, But you all get a paycheck to do different things. And the Lord says in the beginning of a new season, which is the first of the year. Okay, y'all still there? Okay, I don't need to duck for this one. Let me know if I need to duck. And the first of the year when you get a paycheck, uh, the first paycheck that you get belongs to him. Pastor, how am I going to live? Oh, that's really easy because I know what my first fruits really is and I usually calculate all of that and I take the year before to save up my first fruits to make sure that when the year opens, I have my first fruits available. And I give my first fruits And I will tell you in a second who that goes to. But he says, whatever happens, 
you are to take the first things of all things and give it to me. Not just your first fruits, but when you wake up in the morning, it should not be, oh, this is a terrible day. No, your first fruit should be, good morning, Lord. It is so good to be with you today. <laughs> I get excited. I'm sorry. I just love God. I just something that's going on. Okay, I'll move on. Amen. Uh, Exodus, uh, we're in chapter 13. I'm going to go over to Exodus 22, and I'm going to read the 29th verse. Thou shalt not delay to offer the first of thy ripe fruits and of thy liquors, and the firstborn of thy son shalt thou give unto me. So here again, God talks about Firstborn, And when God uses that term first, it's bikurim. It's uh, B-I-K-K-U-R-I-M. It's a Hebrew word, and it means a promise to come. A promise to come. It is a derivative of the word bikur, which means firstborn. So God says, this is the principle that I've set in the earth. When you release your firstborn, when you release your first fruits, there's a promise to come to you. Now, this is over and above your ties. I know most of you have already been, uh, those of you who are the nerds in the family, we believe free spirits and nerds. Those of you who are the nerds in the family, you don't already went through the calculator, tried to figure out, and you probably said, woo, no, that's not going to work. Um, yes, it does work. It does work because it's God's plan for doing things. Most of you believe in heaven. That's why you're here today, but you've never seen it because your faith tells you that there is one. And the word of God has told us some things, and God wants to be able to kick you in some other ways. Amen. I'm going to move you through a couple more scriptures. I'm going to go to the book of, Le the book of Leviticus. And I'm going to begin Leviticus 27. Hear the word of the Lord. Actually, I'm going to start with 28. Uh, verse 28, notwithstanding no devoted thing that a man shall devote unto the Lord of all that he has, both of man and beast and of the field of his possession shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted or first thing for some scriptures is a, is most holy unto whom the Lord None devoted, which shall be devoted of men, shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put to death. So here's what God's saying. He says, I'm not, he's not saying I'm going to kill your children. That's not what he's saying. God says, listen, you break off any covenant with your enemies. You break off covenants with the, the roots that have been in your families, those iniquities that have gone on. He said, you break all of that when you begin to bring the first. God, God is a, a great God. He's not out to tear anything down. He's always building something up. God has never had a bad thought about any of us. And here in the scriptures, God is telling us when we begin to function and do what he has called us to do, I'm going to be able to make crooked places straight, rough places plain, and every valley will exalt and hills and mountains will be made low. That comes out of Isaiah. Here's what God is saying to you. Right now, you think this way. But when you enter into covenant with me, you get my thoughts. 
you get my spirit. You understand what goes on around you. So understand what happens. The manifold wisdom of God begins to walk with you. The scripture tells us out of Ephesians chapter 3, it says that through the manifold wisdom of the church, that principalities and powers will be destroyed. In other words, you can walk into a meeting, you can sit there and they can say, well, this is the agenda and this is why we come up with the agenda. And you can hear the power of the Holy Ghost tell you this is the real reason. You know things around the corner before you get around the corner. How many of you know that's important? We had so many kids come to our house and they used to stay at our house. And, um, you know, some of my kids' friends and others stay at our house. And my kids used to tell them all the time, they said, listen, don't do nothing stupid because dad will know before you get home. <laughs> so one young lady came and she was staying with us. And uh, I called, we were sitting at the table and I called her name. And I said, what's this I see? You um, leaning into a car talking to someone. The food dropped out of her mouth, and she didn't know what to do with herself. She said, did you drive by? I said, no, I was at work that day. I didn't drive by. I said, but the Lord told, showed me that. And she said, yeah, that was a friend trying to give me a ride. I said, did you get a ride? She said, no, I didn't take the ride. I said, good, good, good. You shouldn't have took the ride. But I said, the Lord wanted you to know that so that you're, be, you're going to be cautious in the future. I mean, oh, God is that good. He will do it. Come on, give him praise. He he can give him praise. Amen. He is that good. My kids, they didn't think they had a real life because as they were growing up, I would tell them things before it would happen. And it was like, well, you know, that's prophecy. It's not just prophecy. It's the heart of God inside of a father. Knowing what needs to be done with the children. Are you there? So my kids can say, Dad, I'm A, B, C, D, and E. I'm, I'm, I say to them, okay, I go in the prayer closet, I don't worry about nothing else. I told one of my children, I said, I said, before the day is over, you're going to repent what you just said. It was less than a few hours they came back and said, Daddy, I repent. <laughs> because they got into a car accident and they realized they need us. Are y'all with me? So God begins to open to you some things that you have not seen before. Your heart begins to become one with him. Are you there today? So the first fruits is not just so that God can have them, but your heart becomes one with him. Out of Malachi, you are told out of Malachi, he says, will a man rob God wherein you have robbed me in what? Ties and Offerings, He said, so bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house, says the Lord. Now, what is the meat that he's talking about? In other words, we got to be able to do some things. We got to be able to walk with some things. You know, if everybody tithed the way they were supposed to tithe, we're going to fix that parking lot outside. I'm telling you, we'll fix that parking lot. Amen. And you say, well, I can't afford to tithe. I tell you the truth. You can't afford not to. It belongs to the Lord. It's not even yours. You can't borrow his money without his permission. And he ain't going to let you borrow it because there's no faith in, involved. So God's got to get you to the place where you are going to begin to do something. So he says, now prove me herewith now, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. 
How many of you there already? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Come on, give God praise. We're getting there. Amen. On the book of Proverbs, in chapter 3, it says, You honor the Lord with your first fruits. And he says, Your barns will be fat. That scripture is not in your stuff, but it's in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. It says, Your barns are going to be fat. Why does God want your barns fat? So that you can be a ministry unto the world. Y'all with me today? You know, when the economy fell, people stopped giving. And over 22% of the missionaries that had been out on the field had to be taken off the field because the church stopped giving. No matter what the economy does, it doesn't change who we are. Amen. We are still givers, and God has called us to that giving. Let me give you another scripture, very important. I'm going to Leviticus 23. Verse 10 says, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye become into the land which I give unto you and shall reap of the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheft of the first fruits of your harvest unto whom? Okay, listen, very important. The first fruits doesn't belong to the storehouse. It doesn't pass. Nope. It belongs to the priest. What? You want me to get a pastor money? You know who the pastor is? He is literally the official representation of God for your soul and for the work that God has called him to or her. When that first fruit come in, it goes to them. It doesn't go to the church for the finances of the church. That's what the tithes are supposed to do and offerings that we do. But it goes to him. Why does he need that? That's not important. You think not. In the scriptures, you heard of the word church. Jesus said, upon this rock, the revelation that Peter gave, I will build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. Now, when Jesus used the word church, it's not what we think today is religious. The word ecclesia was a secular word. It talked about a council of people that were set apart to begin to um, officiate decisions and decrees for certain cities. Let me help you a little bit. There's a council of people that I know that get together. Sometimes you call them intercessors. And they decree, we need this in our city. They don't have to go do it. They set it, decree it, and they watch over the word so God can perform it. That's the ecclesia. Sometimes the ecclesia was sent out into other areas. And when they sent out into other areas, I'm not talking small groups. We're talking the smallest was about 50 people. But they were larger groups and they were sent out to do certain things. And as they went out to establish so that people would understand 
and they know how to move as God has called them to move. Not every community you go into knows about feeding the poor, taking care of things. They were led by a military group whose names were apostles. That's me. <laughs> so, military group, yes. We have first insight when it comes to your enemies. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, your apostles have the ability to come in and shut it down. Does that really happen? Oh, yes, it happens. This week, I'm leaving town. And I'm going to begin an assignment. It's going to take me three to four months. But I have two nations that I'm going to bring together. Totally opposed to each other, but they're about to come together. Well, how are you going to do that, Pastor? With my first fruits? I'm going to fly all the way to Africa. That's, that's quite a bit of money. So other things I got to put in place, that's going to be some cash. It's going to be some things that's done here, done there, done here, done there. How's that going to happen? Watch God. Don't ever doubt. But guess what? Those who give first fruits, they are in covenant with the apostle to get the work done. So when the apostle gets that work done, guess who reaped the, the rewards? You do. So what do you say? Wow, we're changing nations. It's bigger than what we think. We always talk about what companies are doing. You want to talk about what God's doing? Amen. He's tearing down strongholds and he's bringing things back. Amen. Don't watch Wall Street. Watch God. Don't worry about Wall Street. Well, you know, I lost so much money on Wall Street. It doesn't matter what you lost in Wall Street. What you lost is not a problem. It's about what you're about to gain. Never look at what you lost. It's all about what God is going to give to us. Are you with me today? Let me give you another scripture out of the book of Numbers. Am, am I boring you yet? Okay, I'll work on it. Uh, I'm going to the book of Numbers, chapter 18 in your Bibles. Hear the word, hear the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 20. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. I am thy part and thy inheritance among the children of Israel. So if the Bible tells us that the first fruits is the Lord's and Aaron, who is the high priest, belonged to the Lord, and the scripture also tells us out of Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, that look unto Jesus, the uh, apostle and high priest of the church. That means the same thing. 
One's an Old Testament term, one's a New Testament term. Here, the Lord says to Aaron, he says, listen, you belong to me. So what comes into me belongs to you. Verse 21, and behold, I have given the children of Levi, he really explains it here, the children of Levi, everyone else that works in the church, all the tenth of Israel for their inheritance, for their service, which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Say, Pastor, how can that work? You need to get out of here and you need to get in here. If God's going to ask us to do some things, we need to be able to follow through with that. Are you there today? Amen. I'm going to move on with the scriptures so I can be a blessing to you. I'm going on to Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 24, he that scattereth and yet increases, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he shall, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. So God's saying here, You can't beat him when it comes to your giving. There's no way that you can begin to beat him. He has already set some things in order to make sure that you have. You got to flow in that grace. Grace is on your life. You must know that. You must walk in that. Well, you know, my wife says, hey, we need a car. I said, okay, let's believe God for it. A few years ago, she said, I'm about to turn 50. I want a Lexus. I said, you want what? She said, I want a Lexus. I said, okay. What color? Burgundy. I said, okay. I had two and a half years. I said, God, that's your daughter, not mine. <laughs> I said, she want a Lexus. Do you know the Holy Spirit gave me a plan? And on top of that, I don't like to have a note on a car. So on June 24th, two days before June 26th, I walked off the lot with my Lexus and delivered it to my wife. It wasn't about prosperity. That woman, listen, she up 4.30 every morning praying for me and everybody else. If that's what she wants, that's small. She's got to get up. She's got to go to work. But she's up early praying for the kingdom. What else she want? Don't tell me now. (laughs) 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 Glory. But here God wants us to prosper. Let me give you a New Testament scripture before we close. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. I'm going to start there. This thou knoweth, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me are whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. 
Paul said, listen, I'm doing the work, but here this man came and made sure I had everything that I needed so that I can do what I needed to do. How many know God has put us here for that reason? So God begins to bless us. Now, I'm going to give you one final scripture. uh, In in chapter 2, verse 6, it says, uh, The husbandman, meaning the high priest, that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. So you say, well, pastor, what is that? That means the giving comes in for the first fruits, right, to the pastor. You mean every time something happens, how does it happen? Yep. So I take my first paycheck. And I already got it saved up. And when that time comes, I drop it into my apostle's hand. My apostle is down in Florida and uh, he's 70 something years old, but he travel. He's a world. I can't keep up with him. He's a world traveler and he's out changing nations all the time. So it's my responsibility to make sure he has what he needs. So if I go to work and I get a raise somewhere, the first part of that raise that I get, Send it right to him. Tell him, grace and peace, blessings. That's all he needs to know. The rest belongs to him. I know he's going to pray over it. I know he's going to do well because that's what we're supposed to do. When my first fruits come in, I don't know where they come from. They give them to me. My wife and I, we go and we pray over them. And we release a blessing to the body of Christ just as Paul was releasing mercy to Onesiphorus' house. He releases that blessing. Now, you have to understand, this is a faith walk. So that when things are happening, ain't about a doubt. Oh, we're going to have what God says we have. That's why we're here. This This is not a guesswork. This is truth. Truth being revealed. You are on assignment. Whatever company you work for. You are there to make sure they prosper. If, when I go to work, I sit down in the morning. I'm sorry if I offend anybody. Lord, who you want me to pray for today? As I'm walking through the halls, good morning. Father, I bless you for all those. Father, I thank you for them. Boom, boom. I'm just talking to the Lord. You know why? Because I bring the anointing with me. That's not arrogance. But if God has set me somewhere, he's trying to do something for somebody, and I don't need to know why he's doing what he's doing. We'll figure it out in the end. I just need to be on assignment to do what I've been called to do. Are y'all with me today? So we get into the place where we partnership with the leadership of God to begin to move God into the things that we need. I've kept you too long. Oh, somebody come play for me. One of the members. Of, thank you, John. There's a breakthrough coming. Amen. Study the scriptures. God's not trying to tear you down. He's about to build you up. You just got to trust him. Abundant Life sits on the east side of town. For so many years, I've been wanting to move, 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 move. And the Lord wouldn't let me do that. He hid me so that we can begin to do things. And in this little church that we have, and if you ever come and look at it, 
we probably got about 10 to 14 nations worshiping together. We're not all African-American. I don't know what an African-American church is. I hope you don't either. I've never seen one of those. Because when, when you say church, you have to talk kingdom. So all these people come together. And every Sunday we worship. And every Wednesday we worship. And we begin to execute the things that God had for us. And in the church, I'd say over the years, we've probably been to perhaps 10, 13 nations changing, being Jesus to somebody else, not walking with Jesus. No, we got the spirit of God in us. We can be Jesus. And I love that church because they come and they lay things at the apostles' feet so that we can change. Erie, Pennsylvania, and the world that we've been called to. Small thing, absolutely not. When souls are lost, struggling, destitute, there has to be a light that can come and bring the change. And sometimes that light must be an apostle or one of the fivefold who can come and lay things and say, here. Usually when I'm going on a trip, people will come and say, here, apostle, here, apostle, here, apostle, here, apostle, here, apostle. And we have another church we're in covenant within the Dominican Republic. And when I go down there, they know me when I'm coming. Because when I walk in the door, I look. What do they need? What do they need? That piano's not playing right. Go buy a new piano. Go buy this new. Go buy that. Go buy this. Go buy things they couldn't ordinarily do of themselves. Not just give them the word. What do we need food for? What do we need this for? Lay it. Make sure that everybody has. Make sure the church is thriving. Who needs a scholarship? Sending them to school. Why? It's our assignment. You don't get to pick and choose your assignments. You just get to love them and walk with Jesus. Come on to your feet for a moment. Tell you what, stay there for a moment. Don't get up yet. Don't get up yet. Let me pray. After I pray, I asked your pastor if I could do this this morning. I'm going to ask that they bring a basket. And I want you to just sow into the first fruit concept. Now remember, this is Erie First. So it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Pastor Jack. He could have never come up here and preached like this. Because it always seems self-serving. Well, I'm going to ask you to sow. 
I'm not asking you to give your first fruits, but I want you to sow into the principle that God has given you. And let the Lord begin to move on you. And watch what happens. Your health changes, your life changes, and you will become one of God's major ministries to change this city, which I believe you are. I believe that is a a yoke that the Lord has put on you. So, Father, today as we come, we rest in you. (sighs) No eye has seen, neither have an ear heard. The things that you have prepared for those whom you love. Father, you have fashioned our lives and you've put us together with families. You've brought mates to us. You've given us opportunities, education, jobs, so many things. And today as a collective body, as we come to you, we take no credit for any of it. But it's because of the covenant that you kept, not only with us, but with our parents and our parents' parents. And today as we come, we release our heart to you to understand your truth. And we ask that you affect change in us that we've not seen before. Oh God, teach us how to love outside of ourselves. teach us how to let Jesus change the world through us. We thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can prepare your offering if you have one. Apostle, would you please prepare an offering for me? May I have it? Okay, we have people coming. Yeah. If you would come up front to stand, please. Hallelujah. going to give to your pastor today and I'm going to give with you because I know your pastor. I believe in that man. I've traveled with him and we've sat with ambassadors, senators, different people. And while we're sitting, I get to see how he operates outside of here. And the stature of grace that he takes on. And I say to myself, my God, what a jewel in our city. He never lifts himself up 
we're sitting in. You got parliamentarians from Jordan over the seas sitting there and asking questions about Jesus. I'm talking about a Muslim nation. And here, before anybody can open their mouth, Pastor Jack speaks. First, and he comforts him with words that is changing his whole demeanor. That only happens when somebody got Jesus inside of them and they're walking like Jesus. So I want you to bring your offering, if you will. And let the Lord be a blessing, and we're going to close the service. I'm sorry we're delayed today, but God bless you all. <laughs> we're on God's time. He'll redeem it, I promise you. Come on and bring your offering. I know some are leaving, but let me just seal this offering before you go. Father, we thank you for the, the gift but most importantly for the giver. Now, Lord, we ask that you begin to blend the hearts of the giver with you, that they may be able to see and to know the plans and purposes that you've set in the kingdom. As this offering has left their hands, O oh God, it's now released to you, and what you so desire, we release. We honor you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.